Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to Real Vision Crypto Unwrapped, where we cut through the noise and hype surrounding digital assets live every Wednesday. I'm Elaine Lee, your friendly crypto host and producer at Real Vision. Now with me today is an old friend, Santiago Velez, co-founder of Block Digital and a new friend today, veteran options trader and technical analysis, Imran Lapka, founder of Options Insight. Now, please send us your questions. You could do it in the chat on our website on youtube twitter and other social platforms we have producers left right and center we want to hear from you so let's kick the show off with price action let's talk about price action today um before i begin i just want to mention something that i read in telegraph which is a golden nugget that i think that's worth actually talking to you guys about the crypto and fear and greed index yes there's one out there and it moved out of the extreme fear zone and basically that's for the first time in 70 days now 70 days is a long time but let's dip into bitcoin price action so rallying into the highest price in a month we're currently a, um let's have a look currently a shy smidge of 24k it's up by 20 percent in a week so that's despite cnbc reporting that bitcoin miners was exiting their positions last week uh crypto quant data shows that 14,000 worth of bitcoin that was worth 300 million at the time was also transferred out and of course when we talk about bitcoin we have to talk about our friends ethereum and solana that's been on a rampage eth is up 50 percent in a week let all that bear sentiments soak in when eth was just triple digits uh, a couple of weeks back but Sol is up by 33 percent lots of building on these networks coindesk our friends at coindesk are saying active wallets on the solana network grew by 58 percent this year outpacing some other blockchains despite a market-wide price decline so there's greens and gains in the markets today what's your hot take imran hey elaine thanks for having me um so yeah, you know, crypto's been trying to base for a while, you know, and it, it was it had been struggling, you know, you had this kind of equities bouncing, crypto not participating for a while. And it was only sort of last week that we started to see a turn in that where equities felt a bit heavy, but that correlation that crypto had, particularly on the downside, was starting to disappear. And we're starting to see some relative strength. So, you know, I kind of flagged to some of the people who followed me and my subscribers that I was smelling something going on here in crypto. And it was making me, you know, want to cover any upside shorts that I had because um, I trade options, obviously. And, you know, it turned out that was the right call. And, and when we broke through 1300 on Ethereum, we really started to fly. That was kind of for me, that was the level that we needed to break to really see an acceleration. OK. And now I just want to. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just want to. Sorry. I just want to bring up my volatility dashboard because there's a few sort of insights that you know, people might want to hear from that. And that's kind of the lens that I like to look through, look at markets through. Um, so this is one of the products that I'm releasing. Uh, it's a volatility dashboard, got it on crypto right now, I'm going to have it multi-asset at some point. But this is where I just bring in all the metrics, including spot price, 
implied vol, skew, term structure, all those terms that you may have heard if you look into options markets. And, uh, you know, what we're kind of seeing, obviously, we had a nice 20% rally uh, in a week in spot prices in Bitcoin. Volatility was slightly lower on the week, but that's because it took a beating after the CPI. So what tends to happen is implied volatilities catch a bid ahead of these big events that are considered market moving events like CPI. And then after that, into the weekend, they often get sold because we have some structural supply on the uh, option side in crypto, which is through these DeFi option vaults. So you can look at a price chart of implied volatility for crypto, and you'll literally see it sell off every Friday as these auctions take place and all this new fresh selling comes to the market. So we actually had a nice pop in vol again over the weekend as markets broke higher. Um, put skew, that's the difference between vols on the downside versus upside, that's been flattening a lot. So obviously throughout the last couple of months, as crypto has been through a world of pain, the skew's very much been to the downside. People have been reaching for downside protection, have been buying put options. Uh, and so in a market that used to trade, let's say a year or two ago with a call premium, it's very much been a put premium because people have been needing that protection to the downside. And we're starting to see that turn a little bit, right? We're starting to see that put skew get hit as people are now starting to look for upside, starting to maybe be a little bit less fearful of the downside because of a lot of, a lot of the liquidation has kind of taken place. Um, and what I've kind of said to people, if you, if you look at the middle, sort of uh, looks like a dartboard, that's what we call the strategy compass. And, and what that kind of shows is that given where spot is now and given where volatility levels are, a, a potential trade to be looking at is what we call a bearish risk reversal. And this is particularly the case if you're trying to protect your stack. This is the hashtag that I've been talking about recently, protect your stack. And it's like if you have got some crypto, particularly Bitcoin, and we've now seen this bounce and you haven't already put some hedges in place. And, you know, I still think the macro risk asset sell off isn't done yet. So now's not a bad time to start to enter into some of those protection trades, which are bearish risk reversal trades. And if we move over to the Ethereum uh, side of things, which has really been the driver of the bullishness, um, we're kind of seeing that's up, obviously you mentioned up 50% on the week. Uh, volatility, you know, kind of popping there as well, up, up towards 100 and above, particularly in the front end as it's really moving a lot. So we have this thing called the carry indicator here, which is minus 19. What that means is that realized volatility on Ethereum is 19 vol points above its implied which means that options are really working, right? Being long options in Ethereum has been a great trade, obviously, in the last week. Um, and, you know, one last sort of point I'd want to mention on Ethereum is that the relative skews. So something I'd flagged to my subscribers who subscribed to this dashboard last week was that Ethereum skew and Bitcoin skew were very similar. So the kind of demand for put protection in ETH was, was as much as it was in Bitcoin. And there wasn't really much differential on the upside. So even though the actual volatility in Ethereum was elevated relative to Bitcoin, the skew wasn't really representing or reflecting the fact that upside risk was really there in Ethereum, right? We all know that the merge headlines were coming out at some point. We just didn't know the date and we didn't know when, but they've been doing a lot of testnet merging, you know, the trial runs, they've been going successfully. And obviously last week, um, that guy, Tim Bako, I don't think that's how you pronounce his name, he comes out with a potential 19th of September date, and that was kind of the, 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 the spark that Ethereum needed to really trigger that rally. And we saw a sharp repricing of SKU 
back towards call options in Ethereum, right? And so that was really your opportunity. Now, it may still have room to run because it's just gone back to neutral, where calls and puts are kind of in line with each other now. So if this Ethereum run continues and we do get towards those kind of 1800 targets in the short term that people are maybe looking at, then that upside skew in Ethereum could catch more of a bid. Um, and there still might be a relative value trade there between Ethereum skew and Bitcoin skew. So that's certainly something that I'm keeping my eye on closely. So back over to you. All right, Santiago, what do you make of this? Well, um, I'm still very, very bearish. I, I, I feel like uh, most of the recent price action isn't really based on any uh, major macro fundamentals. It's uh, largely just driven by the illiquidity of this market. Uh, we see large holders exiting, small holders accumulating. Um, so for me, I see a lot of risk out there. Uh, there's still a lot of issues with the U.S. Uh, markets still to come, I feel, in, in equities. Uh, China's in tough shape. Europe's in tough shape. So all these large economies uh, struggling. I just don't see where the kind of long-term driver of inflows into the crypto space are going to come from. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm very risk averse here. Uh, I'm looking to uh, just wait out uh, perhaps this bull trap uh, and, and accumulate at, at, at a new bottom. So I do think there's a new bottom coming. Um, I'm happy to be wrong, but uh, for now, I'm just I'm just kind of keeping an eye on things. Um, you know, one of the things I take a look at very closely are uh, the miners themselves and whether or not they're they themselves are capitulating. And we're seeing significant miner outflows uh, in, in selling, uh, as well as hash rates. Uh, you know, Bitcoin hash rate down 10 percent from the peak. Uh, Ethereum's hash rate is down 25 percent from the peak. Uh, so there's something going on there, um, and whether or not that's uh, Chinese miners liquidating hardware, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but there's something interesting going on there. Until we see that kind of steady out uh, and, and stabilize, uh, to me that's kind of this this forward indicator. Typically in prior cycles, minor capitulation occurs, you know, after a long protracted bear market. Um, but in this case, we're seeing it uh, follow very closely with price action. So. Um, you know, just going to keep watching and skeptical eye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow, so two very opposing opinions right there. I swear to God, I think my horns are about to come out right now, but I feel like there's a little bit of you trying to take one off, Santiago. Um, I just want to, so hold on, before I actually move on, so we don't think, I, I keep hearing the question, you know, is this a new bottom? Are we at the, the bottom yet? I think my question is just like, is this the biggest bottom? You know, it, 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 is this the biggest bottom? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I actually don't think that uh, Imran and, and my views are, are mutually exclusive. Uh, it's just a matter of horizon. I, I think there is a, a short-term opportunity available for uh, price action, um, but, uh, you know, it, it could be a, 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 a very small change in, in news. Uh, you know, ECB's speaking soon and, and, and talking about what they're doing with inflation. Um, so it could be a very small um, amount of news that can 
flip the market. But in the short term, there's opportunity. So if if you're a trader, um, I, I'm not. I'm, as an investor, I'm looking more for a long position. Uh, but if you're a trader, I, I tend to agree with them, Ron. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I don't think any strength is going to last very long, right? So you, you often get these catalysts, particularly in Ethereum, where everyone gets excited about the merge. You know, they've been gagging for a catalyst, and finally they've got potentially one. And so you get this vicious repricing. And, and whilst it might have some legs to go, I totally agree that the macro backdrop is horrible. Uh, and until we really think we're getting a proper U-turn and pivot out of the Fed, and this tightening of liquidity stops, you know, we're not going to see a, a long-term durable bottom in, uh, in these crypto markets. So I would be trading it. I would be doing a relative trade between Ethereum and Bitcoin. Always stay relatively crypto beta neutral, but own a bit of that Ethereum to play some of that extra bullishness that could still come as we get closer to the merge. But then be careful to get out of the way because the macro is going to take over at some point. Interesting. Yeah, I just sometimes I feel like just pulling out a, a little transaction just to get a quick hit, but I, I'm not <laughs> sure I feel <laughs> that I'm safe to actually go in just quite. Yet. All right. Uh, speaking of the bottom, though, we have two sound bites that I, I want to bring up first is from Holden Milnstein and then our regular crypto um, analysis, uh, Francis Hunt, the crypto sniper. Take a little listen. So we're seeing upwards consolidation finally a little bit down here as we're defending, you know, the lows at the 17,600 level that we put in um, towards the end of June. But really, for the bottom pickers out there, for any true indication of a bottom being in, we know anyone who's been around crypto for longer than 2021 will know most bottoms, you get a sharp rally, a V reversal, or a huge breakout of your compression zone, right? And we see that breaking on the downside, but until we see that same kind of price action moving back up, the bottom's not in. You kind of had a first warning one. And the, the interesting part about this is this was your 50K. So there's a concept called pegging. That's very much associated with derivatives options. Um, and these tend to occur at round numbers. That is a 50K level. Uh, if I draw the horizontal line through that, that's at the 50K level. This was at the 40K level, a flag again, a much bigger flag. And for quite a while, people were thinking, well, that's it. We're over with the downside. That was your 40K level. You can see this value running almost diagonally through the flag uh, and very similarly for the 50K over here. Unfortunately, all of those broke to the downside, again with reassertion of dollar. This is a smaller flag and it was based on the 30K level. So this is again, unfortunately, you shedding 10,000 in each of these falls, flagging and going again. Subsequently, you're down here at the 20K level. You can see the pattern emerging here. It's not broadly a particularly positive one. Now, eventually, one of these fail and will be incorrect. But our basis and our, our thesis is on balance of probabilities. We keep on keeping on on the basis that continuation dominates reversal. And this structure here does not constitute reversal structure on Bitcoin. Bitcoin we refer to as the God market of crypto. The others can go play and get all bouncy and happy like puppies. But uh, if the rain comes back and Bitcoin turns down, they will be dragged down. All right, I forget you guys are watching on LinkedIn, but I have a viewer question from Davis Washington, and he asks, what will it take to decouple crypto from traditional markets? Imran, can you help Davis here? 
You know, I think in, in, in all reality, I think they're going to struggle, right? We, we obviously had institutions get involved, right? They run, they run portfolios cross asset. They kind of look at, look at it as a risk asset. You know, we may get these pockets of strength because we've got a particular idiosyncratic thing going on, like the Ethereum merge or Solana might, you know, bring out their phone and everyone's excited about it. But, but I think overall, to get the real money coming in and the adoption, people need an environment that's kind of more favorable on the macro, right? And, and whilst we're going through this tightening, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, struggling for spare cash. They're not throwing money at the, at the crypto market. And then you've also got the confidence side of things with all that's gone on recently. You know, that's going to, it's going to make it very hard for crypto to rally in the face of a general weak risk asset backdrop, I would say. Right. So very, very, and, and on the technical side of things, obviously on the clip that we just watched, you can see, right, the impulsive moves are on the way down. The corrective rallies you know, that's what we're getting on the upside. We're not really getting, obviously, Ethereum up 50% in a week's pretty sharp, but in the context of the drop that we've seen, it still looks corrective, right? So I would need to see much more impulsive bullish price action to, to get more excited about this crypto market. From, uh, you know, from my view, uh, uh, I guess the my problem is with the question. Uh, I, I see that crypto as a general term, uh, as problematic. I, I feel in the future as uh, certain aspects of crypto start to more clearly define their role, what function they're gonna play, will start to dictate how, how decoupled they become from particular markets. So if, if Bitcoin matures into its store of value narrative uh, and inflation is remains an issue globally, uh, then we could see a decoupling from that perspective. Investors start seeing it as an actual inflation hedge uh, and retreat to it, uh, especially as we see a lot of currency blowups around the world uh, kind of uh, playing out. Um, in other crypto, the utility function is going to have to play a, a major role where the demand for that asset to function in the network, to provide the services in the network, start to exceed the speculative function that you know we, we've been discussing mostly in this in this uh, talk. So I, I feel like uh, the, the market will, will kind of break up into its respective uh, functions and utility, and, and only then will it outweigh the speculative. Speculative. Okay, uh, we can't move away just that quickly from price action because we got a question coming in from our RV website from Paul E, and I'm convinced that you guys are just trying to make me say the word bottom again and again. Um, so the bottom is not in yet. Is that the that's the question? Uh, look, Paul, I think just from listening to. Um, Santiago, Imran, Francis and Holden, I really seem to read this whole thing as sort of a fake bottom. There isn't, like they said, a spare penny to sort of throw about at the moment until the macro big boys actually really sort themselves out. And we need to basically have a little bit of, well, you know, world peace and everybody has to have sort of the spare change before we actually see the full bottom. That's my uh, take on it to, to say that are we actually at a bottom yet? So I think personally for me, I don't think we're at a bottom yet. But I think this is a good time to sort of ramp up your ammo, so to speak, uh, to have something in the pocket for when, you know, when it dips a little little bit again, then I'll probably have a little bit more confidence to go in. Um, uh, Imran Santiago, how about you? Is the bottom yeah, yet? Just just a point I want to sort of add on to what Santiago is saying, right? People mm. call, a lot of people call Bitcoin an inflation hedge. I see it as a currency debasement hedge, 
right? And people kind of almost think those two things are the same, right? But we're seeing really high inflation right now. But we're not seeing currency debasement, right? We're seeing tightening from central banks, right? When central banks do a U-turn and they debase the currency, that's when you'll see things like gold, things like Bitcoin do well, right? So it's not an inflation hedge, it's a currency debasement hedge. Now you often see, you know, people think financial asset inflation is inflation. That's what you see when currencies are being debased, right? That's when you see stock markets rise, when you see Bitcoin rise and things like that. Right now we've got inflation in actual goods prices, in real asset prices, and that is not a good thing for crypto or certainly for Bitcoin and, you know, all the all those other cryptos. Yeah, and let's not forget that Bitcoin makes up forty percent of the digital asset market. Um, I believe. All right, anything else to add from you, Santiago? No, that a great summary by Imran. Okay, excellent. Right. Uh, the next part of the show is I want to bring in some of the top stories, headlines that I've been reading, things that have been stressing us out. So obviously we have to talk about Celsius because it is one of the biggest um, stories out still in the crypto space that, um, you know, this weekend that we're, well, this week, sorry, uh, we're learning a lot more about the situation at Celsius. Um, the scale of its troubles revealed in court proceedings in New York. Coindesk is reporting that Celsius has a 1.2 billion hole um, in its finances but there is some good news though and this one is actually quite interesting that the court has approved its plan to um spend around five million on a bitcoin mining infrastructure uh um, sorry, restructuring plan. And Celsius lawyer said it can provide a way for the company to repay customers' assets it froze. Santiago, I have to ask you for a little bit of help here. Is that an actual, is that a, a way to do it? I don't think it's going to be the panacea, uh, but I think it's, uh, you know, they're, they're going to look at all of the assets under custody and see what has value. And obviously, uh, any Bitcoin mining operations are going to continue to have value as that hash rate uh, is what's used to secure the network. Uh, and it's US domestic. So it's within, well within the jurisdiction of the courts um, to seize and give to creditors. So uh, it, it's just this just seems like the normal unwinding process of a company that's going through bankruptcy. Um, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I don't think the markets have really hit a, a sustained bottom. Uh, there's still a lot of unwinding to take place on all of these assets. And that, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. I, I don't think until we see um, uh, th these various liquidations take place, especially in the courts, which take a long time, I don't see that playing out uh, in the markets uh, in, in terms of positive price action. So a lot of unwind to, 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 to watch, and, and, and this is just another sign of that. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Yeah. So a lot of court details are coming out. And of course, court proceedings are long and very long winded, such as we saw three arrows capital, the court documents um, also outlying the, the liability that it holds. And it is, I can't remember, it was thousands of pages long, but it's definitely a hefty document that we do not have the time to talk about. But what we need to know is that the failed crypto hedge fund owes 27 
companies um, somewhat around $3.5 billion. Lead court documents reveal some juicy details. But meanwhile, the crypto broker Genesis um, filed a $1.2 billion claim against Three Arrow Capital. Uh, Imran, anything from you to make out from this, um, you know, all those doom and gloom stories that I just mentioned from you? Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's, it's going to impact confidence, right? Um, that's the problem. This, this market is built on confidence. And right now, those type of stories, the kind of pain that retail investors have taken if they had money at Celsius or Voyager, I mean, it's going to make them think twice again. So, and then on top of that, like you say, the legal proceedings can go on for 10 years. We're only just seeing the Bitcoin from Mt. Gox that's going to be sold throughout August. That's going to keep a lid on the market as well, right? So you've got not only got the, the lack of confidence that people are going to have from these, this credit crisis that's gone on, You've actually got physical bitcoins being sold in the market, right, on the on the back of the Mt. Gox stuff. So that is going to keep a lid on these markets for a while, which makes it very hard to get too excited about about owning this stuff in the short term, for sure. Right, and that's why we need to see a little bit of a dip again, maybe. Um, but we are human at the end of the day. Other big headlines that I'm reading is mentioning um, in the crypto space is more layoffs. You know, cr uh, tech crunch. Um, as a reporting, Gemini has basically made round of two. Uh, made round two uh, of staff cuts and this was just after two months after the last one decrypt is reporting that BlockFi is um offering staff buyouts and it's cut 20 percent of its staff just a month ago so it's almost like an, another bash of of layoffs also OpenSea, the biggest nft marketplace is announcing a 20 percent reduction in employee no numbers and this is you know one of the most explosive um big crypto company that has grown in volume so much last year and it and it's just you know heartbreaking to see another 20 percent hit when you can't actually any problems that you have with OpenSea, you can't even reach out to a person to to solve a problem when you do have it with a with the purchasing of an nft crisis all right um i have another viewer question coming in oh not quite yet so um Oh, no, I've got it. Sorry about that. Um, LinkedIn again, Sarah Ross. Um, Sarah wants to know what will be the effect of the ECB, European Central Bank, rate rise and the threat of collapse of the Italian government? Good or bad or no effect on crypto? Good for rappers and hedge funds. Um, Imran, can you, do you want to take that one on? Because I know you, sure. you mentioned ECB. Sure. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I would say, you know, it's going to provide a bit of volatility on the euro for sure. Um, but you know, as I've been saying to my my guys, you know, any spike in the euro is probably for selling. Um, you know, ECB's kind of backed into a bit of a corner here. Um, they need to hike rates. They're miles behind the curve. But when they do, um, what happens to Italian bond yields, right? And and the, and the stress in the Italian bond yields is going to make them do things that look like easing on the other side, basically, right? So that's kind of bad for euro directly. Uh, I think so. I, I do see euro getting as low as maybe even 0 0.9, 0 0.85 over the medium term. Um, obviously, it bounced hard off parity recently, but I, I don't think it has direct read through to, to Bitcoin or crypto, to be honest with you. Right. I, I think, yes, the broad based dollar, to some extent, crypto does care about. But right now, you know, I, I don't see Bitcoin and ETH doing that much on the ECB news flow. Right. On the when it comes out. Okay, um, let's stay on Bitcoin for a little bit. We have a lifelong real vision learner, Lance, asking us on uh, our V site. He's a pro crypto member of ours who we care about a lot. Um, if inflation wants to peak, is this supportive for BTC? Santiago, have a go at that one. 
Well, some people are saying that inflation has peaked, um, and that could be part of the reason why we've seen recent price action. There's a lot of front running of a Fed pivot, uh, but you know they're still looking at anywhere between 75 to 100 basis points at the, at the next meeting. So I still see financial conditions tightening. Uh, we still have QT to go through. Uh, so even if, if inflation were to peak and uh, the Fed were to kind of decide that they don't want to collapse the economy, uh, I still don't see that as supportive for Bitcoin yet uh, until such time that interest rates starts, start lowering again. Uh, so that, that probably won't occur until at least the fourth quarter this year, if not Q1 of next year. Uh, so there's some time to go for a lot of uh, price volatility, a lot, a lot of price action. So th that's why I'm very, very cautious about uh, entering into really strong long positions right now. Um, and just waiting and seeing how the economic indicators play out and how the reaction function of the Fed plays out. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bumpy ride. I love having access to you both like this. Um, OK, so Imran Santiago, any other thoughts be, before we move on to the final segment? Anything else that you left out and a nugget that I can pull out of you? <laughs> no, I mean, I agree with Santiago on the on the point about inflation, right? It, even if it's peaked, how fast is it going to come back down, right? Jim Bianco is great at sort of monitoring this and talking about this. He was very good on the inflation call very early on it. And, and he says, yeah, inflation might have peaked, but it doesn't mean it's going to collapse really, really fast. If we go into some next level horrible recession, then yes, maybe inflation can come back down quicker, right? But the stickier components of inflation are still accelerating, right? So, so we, may be, we may need to see the towards the end of the fourth quarter before we see any meaningful moves lower down, right, in inflation that can allow the Fed to really take their foot off the pedal, right, so yeah. Okay, um, just because I'm with my team today, I think I overheard a Jim Bianco um, interview in the making. So we'll take that inflation question a, a little bit uh, on a deeper dive with him later, uh, maybe. So that's probably one to look out for if we can queue that one up. Um, right. Okay. So we do. We are heading to the final bit part of the show. Um, it's basically called what we don't have the time to talk about, but you need to know. Um, I think we go to Santiago for one of the stories that we picked up. Um, Santiago, do you want to go? ahead and talk about your story that we don't have much time for but we want to mention yeah i mean we we hit you with all these layoffs from gemini and blackfi OpenSea. Um, i just think that's the crypto space operating at warp speed a kind of front run in the economy we'll see layoffs in the economy but uh it, it also means that on the other end there's people looking far ahead uh, one of those is uh dubai's crown pin prince uh hamdan bin mohammed He's looking at um, a, a, a plan to basically virtualize and create a region where the metaverse prospers. This includes the creation of 40,000 virtual jobs, adding $4 billion to its uh, local economy over the next five years. So, you know, this, it, it, we can't confuse the economic volatility as kind of the end. Crypto will persist and it will grow and it's still growing faster than the internet. So from an investor uh, perspective, this is, this is a godsend. This is your opportunity to uh, look look for the bottoms uh, and accumulate because this isn't going away and there's people investing heavily in the future of crypto. So this this to me is what we hope for. True words from a builder, Santiago. Um, Imran, uh, your story, please. So, yeah, my story is an interesting one out of the UK. Uh, Bloomberg reporting uh, you've been served via NFT as the headline. So the court is basically giving the OK to sue people on the blockchain. 
So you had the UK judge give a go ahead to serve legal documents over the blockchain ledger by NFT for the first time, uh, according to court documents made public this week. So just another alternative use case for NFTs, uh, which may, you know, given all the stuff that's going on in crypto recently and the need to sue people, uh, might, might lead to more adoption in the NFT space. That is wild and something that I can only definitely see coming out from the Brits. Um, okay, I think I'm going to basically pick up this one. It's not so much a single story, but it's definitely a word of warning. I think you see uh, Yuga Labs basically raising the, uh, the the red alarm, Magic Eden coming out, just basically warning people of coordinated um, NFT hacks. So um, DGEN kings and queens must stay safe. Um, look, it's not NFT land if we don't have the weekly drama, right? Hacks are the saddest, saddest part of this space. Um, but NFT leaders like Ugalabs and Magic Eden have come out warning users to be extra uh, vigilant. Well-known collections and influencers have been getting their Twitter and Discord hacked. And it's just another reminder than how new the space is. And as the business grows, you know, people need to think about security alongside needs to grow hand in hand with the same sort of speed, with the same sort of adoption. Security really needs to be on the forefront as they're in this you know, building um, phase, so they call it. Um, okay, so I think we're at almost at the end of the show now. Um, uh, you know, remember, you can keep this conversation going in the comment section on the exchange and, of course, our Pro Crypto Discord server. But your curiosity is honestly what crafts this show. So if you're looking for more crypto content, as we mentioned, the Francis Hunt interview, which we saw a snippet, uh, goes out tomorrow, interviewed by our own very Marco. And on Friday, Rao is joined by actually the man of the moment for building in the NFT space at the moment, Ivan Soto Wright, the co-founder and CEO of moonpay.com. It will be a big conversation about onboarding the next generation of Web3 users through NFTs and about purchasing NFTs far easier. Moonpay are the people where you see basically on Twitter, a big transaction of an ape has gone to a wallet that not many body, uh, not anybody really recognizes and it's the only JPEG in that wallet. That means Moonpay is probably purchasing that NFT for a celebrity. Um, look, both are free for you to watch on Real Vision Crypto um, if you subscribe to Real Vision Crypto, of course. So in the meantime, friends, stay safe. Stay strong. We'll see you next Wednesday live on Crypto Unwrapped. Say bye, Imran and uh, Santiago. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's great having you both here. And uh, look, I'll see you guys next week. See you live on uh, Crypto Unwrapped.